Hey everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about The Tyrant Baru Cormorant, Book 3 in the Masquerade by Seth Dick Dickinson. So let's sail with the magic of books. You want to start with a little bit of our non-spoiler section, uh, but it's going to be pretty short. Uh, and to be truthful, I did not finish this book. I got almost 50%, and I was struggling with it so much. When I am actively looking for a reason to avoid reading the book instead of just reading the book, then I know that I'm not enjoying it, and then it's time for me to put it down. So, again, though, his writing, Seth Dickinson's writing, is excellent. The world he has created is like a fully realized world. Everything interacts with each other and connects. I don't believe he's left anything out of that. You know, you change trade in one's part of the world and it's going to affect the world like it would in the real world like it would here the characters are vivid for the most part they're wonderful again sometimes when they use regular words it throws me out of the story um uranium meningitis which it's fine it's a disease right like that's fine but like ah, they just like in cancer those ones they just throw me off every time I read it. Now, uh, a little bit just in regards to how the story set up itself. You know, it starts with a frame story, which I thought was great. However, the frame story is, we only get it a couple times, at least in the first half. And it was good, but it was not enough to really make me want to keep going. Like, I was... Uh, worried uh, slash excited to see what was how they were going to get to where they were at but getting there was difficult again the flashbacks i hated i just i didn't care i didn't care what itinerant was doing you know however many years ago it was sorry that's a slight spoiler but it's it's same in the second book so if you've read that one you know but just you know it it just bothered me i could not get into them and reconnect them with our main story. You can, but it's, I just, I'm not going to get into it. I did not enjoy the flashbacks, the plot. I really wish we'd been able to see Baru doing Baru things. She is portrayed as a hyper-competent individual. Rarely do I get to see her being hyper-competent in the story. Most of the time she is struggling by the skin of her teeth, you know, working against the other cryptarchs and barely getting by and oh it was a coincidence that she was saved and coincidence that this happened but they're all her plans and it just didn't work for me so let's actually get into the spoilers and i can talk about you know what exactly is good and what exactly is bad about this like i said the atmosphere of the world that's beautiful completely realized his writing is excellent he has many great parts you know, his word choice is usually great. Uh, there's a couple scenes where I just laughed at what he chose, like Aminata's talking, and she's like, that was like somebody going somebody going to the market and buying a cantaloupe to eat. But maybe that's just because I don't like cantaloupe. And I was like, haha, that was pretty funny, kind of. It it doesn't like work 100%, but like, it is pretty funny. Um, yeah, just that. Let's see, the plot... The plot is good. The plot is that now that she's found the Cancreoth, she has to find them, convince them of whatever, 
to destroy the Empire, to, you know, figure out how to take them down, to give to Cardine Fisher. Who knows? But that's the plot. Like, it's just so nebulous. I did not enjoy it. Uh, let's talk about the, the frame story, because that's going to work into our plot a little bit. So the frame story is that Baru is talking to itinerant Cardine Fisher, her trainer, master, leader, and she has returned. She's given found the Cancreoth, given them him information. Cardine Fisher is so excited. He's going to publish it. They're going to be able to take down the Oriati, and they're going to expand the Empire once again. But you know that there's something going on, and I felt that it ruined a little bit of the suspense with Baru. Like, you know that she's going to be okay because the books are all about her. But at the same time, I felt like a little bit of it was taken, you know, because we see that she's just, she's fine in that situation. So we know that no matter what happens, she's going to get out of it. And, you know, at just, that bothered me a little bit. It's not that big of a thing, but it did. Um, Let's talk about some other things. Uh, I loved her and Aminata getting together and kind of like talking and like trying to be like friends and be like, yeah, like I am your friend. We are together. You know, we're in this. And then Aminata in taking down Ormsment because Ormsment's trying to kill Baru this whole time because Ormsment thinks Baru wants to start a war. Uh, You know, she goes on the ship and then she dies in like a very nice self-sacrifice way. And then she's like, like four more chapters later, she's alive. And I was like, well, that, that just means that no character is going to die until I see the body. And maybe that's just a good habit to have when I'm reading anyway. But it was not, not in this book, not in this series. I shouldn't have to see the body the way it's just like, it was such a perfect death. And then he ruined it by bringing her back. And I was like, ah, that was such, it was like, it would be like if he brought Tain Hu back at the end of book two. Like, oh, ha, 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 Tain Hu survived. You know, she didn't really get beat to death on the rocks of the, as the tide came in. And it's like, no, you just, you don't do that. Um, the other thing I did not like is Baru, her bra- this part really kind of bothered me, is that in the second book, in the end of the first book, she gets hit in the head. And then in the second book, she has lost, you know, her world is split. She can only see... The left side of her, if her, out of her eye, right? She's all left-handed. She still can use her right hand and everything, but she can only see out of her left eye. And it's a huge thing throughout the whole book, you know. This is like the price she paid for betraying Ardwin and the cost. And then we learn that her right half, her brain has been kind of like split in two when she got hit. And her right side of her brain, or whatever side of it is that's controlling like her right eye, can still see, and if she gets poisoned with a certain thing, she can kind of interact with it, but it's molded Baru's personality on that side of her brain after Tain Hu. So the way it's explained is like her normal side brain, the one that's in charge all the time, is just Baru, and the other side of her brain is Baru modeled after how Baru thinks Tain Hu would think of Baru, which is very confusing. And Apparently that half of her brain is just incredibly smart and smarter than Baru, period, because it has plots within plots that, you know, it's writing letters that Baru doesn't see. And it's like, that doesn't make sense. Like, if Baru's writing a letter 
then she's going to see it and write it. And then she's not going to know, like, oh, yeah, my hand just, I didn't feel it keep moving. Not like, it just, I did not, I felt like it, it really ripped that, that out of her character. I just didn't like it. That's fine. You know, uh, Yawa, I did not, that's another thing, I did not like the point of view shifts with Yara, Yawa and Severe and Tainshir. We got a couple of her and they just, they almost worked. They were very close. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. But on the whole, they felt more like I need to get this information to the reader, but I can't do it through Baru because that would be too unrealistic. And so we switch and get it from them. And I just didn't like it again. Just sorry. That's kind of how it is. Uh, I wanted to talk about this was a funny thing. I kind of like this. Just thought it was more funny. The clarified, the you know special people who've been trained to react to a special keyword, do whatever they're told, incredible memory, incredible physical prowess. All the clarified that we've seen have broken free by repeating their own command word. Now, if this isn't a huge flaw in Hezekist's plan, I don't know what is. The fact that every clarified we've seen, after a certain period of time, can start using their own command word on themselves and will break free, and will choose to, you know, do whatever they want. And I was just like, that's so funny, like, that's so, like, they're so pointless then. They're good for, like, a month or two, but then they have to go back and retrain, and you can't do that with the whole population like you want. Like, that's his goal, you know, is to have it all be, you know, in genetic memory. Uh, did not like that. Again, Severe, I felt like he was just a whiny little brat, Oh, you can't do that. Oh, you can't do that. Why are you doing this? I'm so worried about my Linden. I barely have any plots going on. So tired of him. But he's the only one with the boat. Now, by the time I got to the end of this, the spot that really, really kind of threw me out is they've been surrounding this. They've been working around this island trying to stop the kettling from spreading, which is a kind of like a super plague. She's been working with the Cancrioth, and she kind of got kicked out, and back and forth. And then we learn that Tainshir confronts her, and is like, you're going to have to die. And Baru is willing to die, but she kind of breaks Farrier's like, hold on her that, that he had. She points out all the different things that he's done to trick her into being the perfect, obedient person. And she's kind of breaking free of this, but then, which was cool, that part was kind of cool, I'm not sure why Tainshir did it. Like, I find a little bit of inconsistency in Tainshir. First, she wants to kill Baru because she killed Tainhu. Then she decides, well, I don't need to just kill Baru. I need to break her out of Cardine Fisher's, you know, control. Make sure she sees that she is the puppet she is. And that everything has been manufactured to produce this result. And then we see that Baru, or that Tainshir is playing this like second game above and beyond with Isend, the clarified and Isend is like we need Baru I'm here to protect Baru and Tainshir's like no you're trying to force Baru to be you know what she shouldn't be and I just <clears throat> did not care for that I really felt like Tainshir was wildly inconsistent she's talks about how she's just an agent of chaos she does what she does she broke free because she lost all meaning she gave up all of her meaning Anything that could be mean to anything to her. Yet she kept enough 
of her meaning to like go find uh, Baru's dad who was kidnapped and knows where he is and to kidnap her parents on her own to protect them but use them as blackmail against Baru and uh, it just got way too convoluted for me and way too ah well we're on this level and now we're going to the next level and the next level and it's just going to keep going up and they were talking in the book and they Baru's like yeah you know I'm a cryptarch my power is absolute but to use my power i have to touch the world the more i influence things the less powerful i am because the more people can find me and they're like yeah there's us five cryptarchs there's you know itinerant hesychist you know yara yawa severe and me and they're like you think there's only five of you like there's cryptarchs you wouldn't even know you're just a provincial cryptarch like you don't even know the real cryptarchs and it's like what you're just gonna just gonna keep up in that ante. Oh no, you're you're not a cryptarch. You're like a lower cryptarch. Now you gotta like work up the big cryptarchs. And it's like, uh, no, I don't. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Cancreoth. Very, very creepy, but a very cool situation. Unfortunately, there is no magic. It's just old technology, uranium, uh, plutonium, whatever stuff, cancer. So. The brain lives the shortest amount of time. That's one of their positions. They've got a bunch. They've got the brain, the eye, and the womb are the ones that we see here. Now, the brain obviously has cancer implanted into their brain, but this cancer is cool because it can retain memories, and they can retain this line. So the brain, who has access to these memories, can remember like all the way back to when it first kind of started, but... Her memories are super confusing and trickery, and she doesn't can't really tell what's the past and what's happening right now sometimes. But the more she works, you know, and does like things in the present, the help more helps her. But you know, that was cool. The eye has cancer like literally growing out of his eyes, and he has an eye stalk, kind of like so it's like sticking out and just super creepy. But obviously, that cancer affects the things he sees, and you know, supposedly he can see things, but again. Not that I'm aware of. And the womb, that was super creepy. Obviously, it's a womb, and they stick the cancer in there, and it just hang, hangs there. You know, no real powers there, but they transfer the cancer, you know, piece by piece to new people. And the brain makes an offer to borrow that if she'll take some of the... There's other types of cancer that they breed that are dangerous and will just evolve too fast and kill you too quickly. And if Baru is willing to take some of this cancer into her, that the brain will give her the kettling, give her whatever she wants to help take down the empire. And she rejects the offer. And I was like, finally, some a good decision where you feel like you have the power. So the Cancreath, though, super creepy. Yeah, unfortunately, their whale, not magic, just a whale with cancer and a big cancer bone that they've basically just trained to follow fish and uranium lights and stuff and train. I was a little disappointed in that, but it is what it is. So again, this is a good book if you really like it. If you like the second book, you will probably, you have to really like the second book, I think, because it's just more of the same. It felt like a little bit of a slog to me. But another question I had about the series is, the traitor, like the, the titles of the book, Traitor Baru Comorant, because she's a traitor to Ardwin or 
the Falcresti Empire. You know, different times you're not sure who she's actually portraying. The number two monster I could kind of see because she's kind of a monster, but like she doesn't actually do any like super monstrous things in the second one. And, and then Tyrant Baru is like she's still like the lowest of the low cryptarchs. She's not even close to being a tyrant. I just don't know where. The names are coming from. The first name was very apt. I thought very spot on. The other names and titles of the books, not so much. So, oh well, take it as you will. I really, really wish that we'd had more of Baru being able to do things that Baru is really skilled at. See her in her element, either in accounting or in maneuvering, instead of being rushed from place to place with plans within plans that are being laid that we can't understand or don't have enough information to see mixed with all these other plans and confusions and changes that are happening so yeah i mean i gave it a three stars the writing is excellent the world is well crafted but the plot really meandered at least the first half of this book enough that i just couldn't keep reading it so you know unfortunately that's going to wrap up my decision my discussion of trade not trader tyrant baru cormorant um thanks for listening everybody uh thanks again of course to david hillowitz for the intro and outro music if you have any questions or comments you can send those to libromancypod at gmail.com uh, of course you can find me on twitter sometimes at libromancypod uh, we have a calendar up on the website at libromancy.podbean.com showing what books are coming up next if you want to keep track and see what's you know read ahead and please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, of course. And remember to sail with the magic of books.